0: All right, welcome to it. You I was talking uh, with some friends. I had a social distancing evening at a friend's house this weekend. That was kind of nice, Chris. I see that you did the same thing with your friend, Uh, you know, making sure you maintain that six-foot distance. But it is nice to have a conversation out in the open air and do some socializing. Again, one of the things that came up in conversation, because, you know, conversations ultimately, they all go back to the COVID-19 and the pandemic that we're still dealing with, right? After you, hey, how you doing? What's up? What's new with you? Uh, it's all about the pandemic. And one of the big outstanding question marks is what's going to happen in fall with school uh, as we get set to, you know, look at one of three recommendations from the province. Are you doing a uh, full-time school for students? Is it going to be online only, or is it going to be a hybrid? We still don't know. Boards have had to figure out their plans. The, the uh, school board Uh, Every scoreboard is scrambling to figure out what it would look like going back uh, to uh, school this fall and doing it in a safe way. And they aren't the only ones that are looking into this. The Canadian Union of Public Employees that represent uh, 5,500 school support staff are also looking into this. I want to bring Laura Walton, president of CUPE's Ontario School Board Council of Unions, onto the show Laura, what are you recommending um, to the government uh, as, as a starting point of what you need this fall in order for uh, students to attend school safely?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, hi, Kelly, and thanks for having us on. Um, so first of all, it's 55,000 um, folks across the province that we represent. And so, uh, you know, we feel pretty confident in being able to say we're the largest representative, representatives of support staff. And we're calling on them to invest for a safe reopening. Uh, right now, it's a lot of, hey, let's make plans to do three different things and, and, hey, maybe this will happen or this won't happen. But at the heart of it all is that we're not seeing an investment uh, that will ensure that people are safe. And I think you know everyone during this pandemic has recognized that there are some areas where there have been costs associated with opening up you know, the economy and opening up, back up businesses, uh, it's foolish to think that we wouldn't have uh, enhanced protocols in schools, and that will take some investment.
0: Okay, so w- when you say some investment, we all, our ears peek up, perk up, because <laughs> it's taxpayers' dollars at the end of the day. What kind of investment? Um, because everybody, I think, wants their kids to be at school safely. <laughs>
1: Listen, as a mom, I agree. Um, as you know, somebody who represents education workers, we're looking at an investment of about $1.49 per student per day. Uh, and that would be about a 2.1% increase in what the government is currently spending on grants for student needs. And I'll be very honest, I call this our bare minimum. Uh, this is the bare minimum that our folks here, uh, working with people across the province who do this work, feel that they need in order to provide a safe learning environment for our students. And that's extremely important to us uh, because we feel that we can't afford to get this wrong. What's at stake um, if we do get this wrong is far more devastating than the investment of 2.1%. So one of the things that we're looking for is for the government to create a provincial cleaning standard. Um, I don't know if you are aware, but currently in the province of Ontario, there is no cleaning standard for schools across this province.
0: That um, seems kind of, odd.
1: Oh, well, it seems odd and kind of scary when you think about mm. it. It's something that we have been pushing for, for quite some time, but even more so during a pandemic. There should be a minimum standard, a minimum that is being done, in order to keep spaces clean. So we're saying that standard needs to be developed. But in order to do that, even if you look at the recommendations that the government is making, it's going to require additional staffing. It's going to require additional um, investment in order to pay for chemicals. Uh, so, for instance, we're finding, and we have the benefit of working with our colleagues in healthcare, long-term care, uh, child care. They have some really good mandates in there that we're not seeing in the education system. Uh, levels of dilution for disinfectant, for instance, how often things need to be cleaned. That needs to happen in the province, and then it needs to be backed up with sufficient funding so that school boards are putting the people in place to do the cleaning.
0: Okay. I'm just looking at a a summary of costs and I I think this is from a press release, one of your press releases that my producer Chris sent me. Um, The summary of costs. So you mentioned that in fall you're pegging it's about uh, $1.49 per student per day. That's almost $590 million for the year. Um, You're talking about touch-free hand sanitizer dispensers in each uh, room used and I think that that Mm -hmm. will make people quite happy. That can range from $1,392,000 1392000 to uh, 4036000 Wow. How is that possible? That's a lot of money. Why, why are the costs think, so high?
1: Well, because it's, and I laughed when we were actually doing it because it reminded me of, you either have the push-down pump or you have the, you know, the one that spits out at you, but that's power-operated. But you have to think that you're looking at about 25, on average, of 25 classrooms per school. Mm-hmm. Uh, with additional spaces, and there are forty eight hundred schools in the province of Ontario.
0: Why is it so expensive, though? The cost to install hand sanitizer dispensers you've got at one million nine hundred twenty thousand dollars. Why is it so mm-hmm. expensive? Because that, to me, just and I'm sure other people listening would go, yeah. What is that? Are is it the same? Now, hand sanitizer has become the new <laughs> pencil sharpener.
1: Yeah, well, enhanced sanitizer is now gold, right? What you used to pay 50 cents for a little bottle is now, you know, 250. Um, But first of all, we've got to get them in and get them installed and get them installed properly. Uh, There are definitely ways that we could do it cheaper. uh, And that would be by ensuring that our custodians, for instance, are doing it on site rather than bringing somebody in. However, that's not Typically, the method that the school boards and the ministries use, um, because they like to make these capital costs, and you'll see that the ministry talks about the availability in some capital costs for this, and that's because that actually is contracted out work um, that is sent out to a bidder instead of allowing us to do it in-house. It could be done cheaper if we did it in-house.
0: All right. So you are saying that they are not uh, being or are you uh, accusing the the provincial government of dragging its feet or not being realistic about the amount of money that's going to be needed in order to operate a, a safe fall semester?
1: So I'm going to cut them some slack and I'm going to hope that they were hoping that there would be more clarity and more, you know, what direction this province was going in as far as as the disease and the pandemic goes. However, I think right now I'm saying to them, listen, we're five weeks out. Um, As a parent myself, I need to know what's going to be happening with my child in September. Um, And parents have the right to know what's going to be happening with their children in September. Further to that, people who are working with children need to know what's happening in September because they often are parents as well. And what we're saying is that you need to make that investment this week. Because we need to have safe schools. That's going to require some staffing. That's going to require, you know, sourcing out hand sanitizers and masks and PPE. All of that's going to have to happen. All of that costs money. It needs to happen now so that we're ready to go in September.
0: If it doesn't happen this week, uh, is your fear that uh, teachers are are going to be worried because we're hearing about this in the States to go back to school?
1: A a number of our members, and so we don't represent teachers, but we represent a lot of people who are actually working even in closer proximity uh, with students. Um, And they're extremely worried. They're extremely worried what's going to be happening. They're extremely worried because, you know, they may have uh, situations of immunocompromisation in their own homes. Um, They're extremely worried, and and everyone wants to stay healthy. And it's a, a big juggle to, you know, they also miss their students. They miss their work. They miss connecting with these kids. And, uh, you know, that's also very worrisome, too, is that, you know, we need to have those connections again. Um, And so, you know, what we're calling on the government to do the right thing, to make the investment, to ensure that people are going to be safe. Because, frankly, to do it wrong, we can't afford that.
0: Well, I hear that the province will be releasing its direction to school boards this week about uh, you know what they expect in the fall. So we'll wait and, and see if they um, yes, take may. your recommendations.
1: Yeah, we we our fingers are crossed. And, uh, you know, we do hope that they understand that we're coming from a place of those folks that are actually doing this work. Uh, and at the heart of it, we just want our students back and we want our students safe.
0: Laura, thank you very much for joining us. I appreciate your time. You're welcome. Take care.